we're professional zoomers right now. Listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes. Good morning. Or it's morning when we're recording this. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach Blackerby and Michael Pappas. Intern Jaws hanging out in the corner here in the studio. Pappas, what's going on, brother? Nothing much, man. We're just prosumers, you know? We are prosumers right now. Love that uh, Gus Malzahn gave uh, gave folks that ringing endorsement. I think it means a ton. We're going to act like he was talking about us for that. Um, but anyway, yeah, a lot of football happening this weekend, Auburn had a scrimmage on Saturday. We'll talk about that. Also, uh, the Tigers coming into the top 10 in both major polls. And Auburn was the center. Uh, they were center stage in week one of, uh, of the NFL uh, that kind of took place yesterday. So we'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Auburn. But first, today's show brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. They have a new app. You've heard us talk about it. If you haven't downloaded it yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. If you're in the Auburn and Oplica area, there is no better food delivery service than Fetch Me. And really, they deliver more than that. If it is able to be delivered, you can probably get it on that app. As far as groceries, dry cleaning, you name it, they're able to take care of you, including coffee and a, a ton of other great things. So download their free app. Their new and updated app. Use promo code APPS, A-P-P-S, for $10 off your order or you can use promo code ZAC20, Z-A-C-2-0, for your first delivery free. Michael, another scrimmage in the books. How you feel about it? Uh, you know, not super incredible, not going to lie. But, you know, every scrimmage is uh, another chance to get better and another chance for us to, uh, you know, call all aboard some hype trains. Yeah, yeah, and there definitely are some things to get on uh, hype train-wise, but... Yeah, Jaws and I were talking just a second ago. I mean, it seems like Malzahn wasn't particularly happy with what he saw. A lot of it had to do with penalties. A lot of it had to do with just, I don't, it doesn't sound like it was a very crisp scrimmage. He does point out, and we'll play this in a second, no, uh, no turnover. So you got to love that. But here was his opening statement when speaking to the media immediately following that scrimmage. Overall, I felt like we had a solid week of practice. Um, we just got off the, the, uh, game field about an hour ago. We had our third scrimmage, uh, focused on situations, um, had a lot of two-minute scenarios, which is good work. Um, then we had live pump, pump return, uh, live kickoff, kickoff return, and then we had a scrimmage close to 60 plays, just a little bit over, uh, pretty much balanced. It was really specifically our ones and twos. Um, you know, the thing that really stood out to me, we had more penalties today than we've had the, the two previous combined. And being two weeks away, that's, uh, that's very concerning. we got to get that cleaned up. Um, you know, we're going to start transition the next two weeks in Kentucky. Um, we have 15 practices under our belt. We have 10 left, and we need to improve, and, and we need to get better in the next two weeks. I think the most interesting thing about that is the penalties. It's the penalties more this past Saturday than in the past two weeks. That's not a good thing. Um, I mean, Michael, what do you think that has to do with? I mean, he mentioned he mentioned a lot more two minute drill situations. I mean, those are. I mean, if if you emulate that correctly, I mean, in a game, obviously, you see a lot of high stress in those situations. Perhaps that had something to do with it. That's just me kind of taking a shot in the dark there. Yeah, there could also just be you know a bad day. You never know with penalties. He doesn't really say if it's the offense, the defense, or what, but. I mean, it's definitely concerning. Usually penalties are, 
discipline and conditioning, right? And yeah. if 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 these guys are grabbing and holding or, you know, God knows what else they're getting flagged for for penalties, I don't know. I hope they're post-snap and not pre-snap. I think, because- I think they are pre I think he did mention at some point in the presser that a decent amount of them were pre-snap as far as lining up in the wrong place and all that. So that's... Um, I think that's Bad. a concern. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you could tell in his voice he did not seem too pumped about it. Uh, just being two weeks prior to um, to uh, you know Auburn taking on Kentucky, that's not um, that's not a great feeling, and you can tell that. I think he did a clear job of telling us that. But he did say that they are cleaning some stuff up. Here's what he said about that. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there was a turnover today offensively. Uh, there was in the previous scrimmages, like I talked about, but. You know, it's just getting closer, and um, you got to clean up all the things like that. And I think overall, I think we've tackled, uh, you know, pretty well. Definitely considering that we didn't go through spring, that's been a big emphasis, and we've tackled more, um, you know, this fall camp than any other. Of course, I'm sure most teams are doing that because tackling is going to be at a premium, especially early in the season. And uh, so we've understood that, but. You know, just uh, the pre-snap penalties. Obviously, we got to clean up, and uh, the urgency. That's why I talked to the guys right after the scrimmage. Hey, fellas, our urgency has to be better and better every single day leading up to the game game time. So I love that he talks about tackling um, being kind of a strength of their camp so far, because now that we've got two weekends of college football under our belt, and really just when you start looking at the Power Five, it's just kind of this past weekend. But tackling has been an issue for a lot of teams. And I think you see that even in a normal season and early in the college football season. Um, but it's going to obviously be amplified, and it has been amplified so far with you know just this weird offseason that we've had. I think that's great. I, I was really encouraged to hear that. I don't think Gus is just going to say that. That wasn't really a coach-speaky type thing that he typically likes to say. So I think he actually thinks it and believes that. So Auburn being a, a better tackling team... Um, than others in the SEC so far. I mean, I, I think that would make sense. I think that would kind of be on brand with what we've seen from Auburn over the past few seasons. Absolutely. I mean, I just go back to that Army game against BYU, or Navy game Navy, against BYU. Yeah. They hadn't, um, we know that Navy didn't hit in camp, and it really showed. They got absolutely steamrolled. And um, it, it's big that Auburn is not only hitting, but, but Gus is thinking – you know, obviously thinking ahead and thinking that it's going to be a strength of the team. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, he also talked about the COVID stuff uh, and how it affects the team. Ten players are missing time. He talked about that concern. Uh, all right, here's that. As far as our COVID updates, um, we had two new positives uh, from this past week. Uh, we had a total of ten players uh, total that were out with COVID-related issues, and five of those were we're starters, so you know as it gets closer, obviously, you know that's a concern. Um, you know, being two weeks out uh, with everything that goes with that, uh, the PAE test from the SEC office will start uh, tomorrow. I believe we'll um, uh, be tested three times a week this week and next, as far as that goes. So ten guys out due to two players testing positive. Five of the ten that are out are starters. That is obviously not a good thing, and the answer to the question that I'm about to ask you, Michael, is it depends, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Of, uh, I mean, how big of a deal is this? Uh, five players being out, or ten players being out, five of them being starters, how big of an impact could that have? I mean, I think it's a pretty big deal re- almost regardless of of who the starters are. Yeah. 
to be honest, just anytime you're missing five of them, the sheer number, you only have 22. You're right. Unless he's unless he's counting the guys who start on special teams. I doubt he would I mean, do that. Yeah. So yeah. that that's a that's a very high number. I don't I don't love that. And and if that starts happening, I mean, we've talked about depth in almost every press conference so far. True. Almost everyone. So <clears throat> you know, the coaching staff is obviously taking it really seriously. And this is, I mean, this is a good. Uh, I mean, you hate to be that guy, but it's. It's not bad practice for the season. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have weeks like this. And, I mean, every team in college football, they're going to have weeks like this, probably, you would think. And if you're dealing with it now, you're going to be better equipped to deal with it later. Hopefully none of the kids are showing any symptoms, and it's just kind of they got to wait it out until this this virus leaves their body. But we'll see what that looks like. You kind of got to wonder. He mentioned, you know, there was different position outbreaks. uh, And you kind of wonder, like, with five or starters – you hope it's not like along the offensive line, right? Or, you know, the defensive mm-hmm. backfield or, you know, something, a position group where there's, you know, more starters. Uh, I think that would be kind of the biggest impact you could possibly have. So we'll see what that looks like. We will absolutely see. Hey, I want to give some love to uh, our friends of the program here, our friends at Built Bar. You can go to uh, builtbar.com, use promo code locked on for $10 off your first box, and they have a Built Bar made for anyone. Jaws, what's your favorite kind of candy bar? Um, you a peanut butter guy? I do love peanut butter. See, they've got peanut butter, they've got chocolate peanut butter. Then, if you want to kind of shift and go the other way, they've got some, you know, like chocolate uh, uh, peanut butter brownie as well. I mean, they've got all kinds of different things. I love their salted caramel, but all of their bars very high in protein, very low in sugar, perfect for your keto diet. Or your paleo? No, actually, I don't think they are paleo, but they are keto and uh, very low calorie. And so uh, all the bars are around 180 calories each. So, and you eat one, and you feel uh, you feel full for the for the rest of your day. So, head over to builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On for uh, ten dollars off your first box. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, moving on with what Gus Malzahn talked about on Saturday. He was asked about the running back situation, and our guy, Sean Shivers, he got the love. Sean Shivers has had a, had a great camp so far. Um, I know that uh, Coach Williams uh, rotated uh, the other guys in a lot more today, and kind of I think I didn't look at the numbers, but it's pretty, pretty close spread out as far as the other four is concerned uh, getting reps today. That was by design. Um, you know, to see who steps up um, for that position. So Sean Shivers is a starter for the season, right? Can we can we can we put a bow on that? Uh, it certainly seems that way. Yeah, I don't know if I'm ready to put a bow on it. Maybe someone will step up, but it it, it does seem like Sean Shivers is going to be the guy this year. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you're right, Michael. Somebody could step up, but we're less than two weeks away from Auburn football, which is fun to say, by the way, but. As we uh, as you get closer, I mean, you're starting to prepare like it's a game week at this point. 
And it goes from the, the, the style of practice changes. Instead of working on yourself, you're working on a game plan to beat the team that you're about to play. So I, I think a lot of these competitions, if they're not wrapped up in the next few practices, I think it's over. Now, I think the big question is, how long is Sean Shivers the starter for, assuming he does get the first touch against Kentucky? That's been the biggest question. All offseason, we thought it was going to be DJ Williams who got the first touch. Then it's just a matter of time before either Mark Anthony Richards or you know, I think fan favorite, you know, the freshman Tank Bigsby coming in and getting the eventual starting reps. I think that's kind of the thing you got to watch now. It's like, all right, how long can Shivers hold on to this for? Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And another interesting part about this answer for me is is that Cadillac was the one doing the subbing, I guess. Yeah. And determining who was getting how many reps. Um, I guess for no other reason than I just kind of assumed that Gus was like super, I guess, like, controlling and scheduling and and blah 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 about all of that you know so it's nice to hear that it, it's not it, it's not all Gus and not all tightly scheduled and and everything like that it, it's a more fluid thing and it is um the position coaches have a lot of impact yeah he trusts uh he trusts his guys I think the the strength of Gus Malzahn's role as a head coach is actually his ability to hire these guys and I think he's used them especially with personnel decisions. I mean, we hear about Cody Burns rotating guys in, making decisions with wide receivers, and what Rodney Garner's been able to do on the defensive line, T-Will with the linebackers. So, yeah, yeah. I, I like that you point that out. Uh, the punting battle is still on. Oscar Chapman versus Aiden Marshall. I think Aiden Marshall's going to win it, but uh, you could definitely make the argument for Oscar Chapman. Uh, the holder competition is in full swing as well. Um, you got anything about a- either of those two? Yeah, just in the notes, you put holding competition is in full swing. And for a minute, I legitimately thought that you meant, um, like, for the offensive line. Oh, that's funny. Like, like who can hold the best? That's funny. Because we talked about penalties and stuff, and I was like, wow. <laughs> that's Yikes. Fair. That's fair. I write this in a way where, like, my mind will stay on track. I guess I should put it in a ways where... Um... No, no, no. That it, it makes sense. Like I figured it out after, but I was like, "That is, wow, yeah, wow. Uh, right. That's not good." Uh, we got two other battles I want to talk about. One is left tackle. I think it was Brian Matthews. He just flat asked about like the left tackle competition, and Gus actually gave him an answer. Yeah, Trox and Alec Jackson is battling that out right now. Uh, we have moved guys around and we mixed and matched, but it looks like it's getting getting to that point. Um, yeah, so I think this is Trox's battle to to win. Um, Alec Jackson, it seems like he's had a much better camp than I was expecting him to. So my apologies to him. I think he's outperformed what a lot of people thought. So that's exciting. But they've tried to start Troxel there before. It's just been injuries kind of holding him back, or at least they've given him the chance to fight for it. So I think this is Trox's battle to lose. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's Auburn's left tackle for 2020. I, I, I think that's it. Good for him, man. You guys been through a ton. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so a, a lot of knee issues there. So, yeah, gosh, absolutely. I, I, I hope he can stay healthy. You know, it would be just hope, awful yeah. for him to win it and then go out there and, and something happened to him. So, uh, yeah, couldn't agree more. Hope he, I, I hope he wins it. I hope he plays well. I hope he keeps it. I hope he stays healthy. Absolutely. Um, 
It'll be awesome. I agree, man. I agree. He was asked about Zevi, uh, Zevion Capers. Um, I think we can queue up the hype trade now. Yeah, Capers is, is coming on. Um, he's got a lot of opportunities. He's one of those guys that, you know, Coach Burns has thrown him with one some. And, you know, he's a guy that is, is has playmaking ability. Uh, I think he is learning every day. And I think he's responding well, and he's just getting trying to get used to the college game. And you got to understand with I don't care if it's any freshman, offense or defense. There's adjustment of of the college game from high school of just the consistency and everything that goes with that, and the physical part of the game. And but I think he's responded well. Uh, I think he's a guy. If you ask me today, that that will definitely have a chance to help us uh, this season. I mean, that's a pretty ringing endorsement for Capers. I think we're going to see him early and often against Kentucky. I'm pumped. I am pumped. Count me as on the hype train. Can I get a conductor's hat? Yeah, yeah. I I think we can make that happen. I think we can make that happen. Who gets more steps uh, against Kentucky? Capers, natural wide receiver Kobe Hudson, or Tank Bixby? Tank Bixby. You think? Yes, I do. Okay, I'm going with Capers here. We'll see. We'll see. Let us know what you think. Which freshman gets the most touches or the most snaps, excuse me? Which freshman is on the field for the most on offense against Kentucky? 205-502-4285. Or you can reach out to us on our social media platforms. Be sure to check that out. All right, Auburn's in the top 10 in the two major polls, and I want to talk about Cam Newton stealing the headlines yesterday in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. All right, so we had some controversy over this last week when the polls came out, Michael. Um, it does not contain ineligible teams this time. Auburn is number eight in the AP. They are number nine in the coaches poll. The SEC has six teams ranked in the top ten in both polls in the AP. Um, Alabama is number two. Georgia, four. Florida is five. LSU is six. Auburn is eight. And Texas A&M is 15. Nope, Texas A&M is 10, and Tennessee is 15, and Kentucky fighting their way into the top 25. They are now number 23. So that Auburn-Kentucky matchup will be a top 25 matchup. You love that. Clemson's number one in both polls. And just to give a shout-out to the AP voters, I just want to give them a shout-out. Boise State, who is an ineligible team due to not playing football this fall, they received six votes. And FSU received two votes after losing to Georgia Tech. So you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I, I I love it. It's pretty obvious that a lot of uh, a lot of AP, I guess six AP voters are uh, just have Boise State as a default. You know, like, like you could put them at twenty two, and like no one's ever really going to say anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh man, if I vote for Boise State, like no one's going to be like, "Oh, you dumb dumb." Man, shout out to the Sun Belt though. Yeah, shout out to real. the Sun Belt. They had a great showing this weekend. Um, Fun Belt greater I, I, than Big Twelve. Yep. Yep. And um, I'm pretty pumped. Auburn keeps moving up without playing games. Let's just keep that rolling. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, want to wrap things up with, I mean, Auburn had a really good day in the NFL yesterday. So Cam Newton, he stole the headlines, made his debut for the Patriots against the Dolphins. And this matchup was kind of built this offseason as an Auburn quarterback, even when we thought it was going to be Jarrett Stidham for the Patriots, versus Tua, you know, the, uh, the Alabama quarterback. And... One of my my buddy kind of texted me some of this, um, but he was just like, you know, it, it didn't happen because Tua wasn't ready. I think this was like a best case scenario for Auburn because Cam got all the headlines, and then instead of them talking about 
their first-round draft pick quarterback, Tua. They spent more time talking about Noeg Benogany. He got more face time than Tua did because he was on Julian Edelman. He did a pretty good job. Uh, and also, Tony Romo like could not pronounce his name. He just couldn't. He was scared of it, and I thought that was hilarious. But it, they talked about Noeg Benogany for like three or four minutes during this broadcast, and I loved that. I absolutely loved it. So I thought, I thought uh, Cam's outing was huge uh, for Auburn for more reasons than one. Yeah, man, it was it was cool that um, you know Cam Newton got got to go and show and play well in his first game. Um, I think it kind of helped him out a little bit that Tom Brady lost his first game with his new team. Oh, and... did he? I didn't even notice. Mm-hmm. I didn't yeah, even I'm notice. Sure. There are several pictures where like you can just think you could tell he's thinking like, "Did I do the right thing?" Yeah. you could totally tell. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sad about it. All right, other Auburn things happening. Carlton Davis, speaking of that that game that Tom Brady was in that he lost, uh, he lost the first game with his new team. Um, but Carlton Davis, uh, I mean, he beat up Michael Thomas yesterday. He, had, I mean, Michael Thomas was the best receiver in football last year. Carlton Davis did not make it look like he uh, he was a, a top receiver yesterday. So love that. Peyton Barber scored for the Washington football team. Didn't uh, he score twice? I'm not sure. I think he did. Jaws fact-checked that for us. Um, But all in all, yesterday was a good day for Albert. Jack Driscoll started. I know the Eagles kind of, you know, fell apart uh, in the second half there, but it was cool to see Jack Driscoll start a late-round pick, kind of fighting his way to get that roster spot and then the starting job and and performed yesterday. I think that was was pretty cool. Did Peyton Barber score twice? I don't know. I'm looking at it. Okay. I was looking at something else. Sorry. I thought you gave me a little thumbs-up action. My bad. My bad. But yeah, I mean, uh, Michael, did you have any takeaways for uh, from Auburn's standpoint uh, for the NFL yesterday? I mean, I'm, I'm I was really just excited for it to be back. Yeah, to be honest with you, um, I was excited that I mean that that's pretty, I was just excited. Good, it's nice to see these yeah. guys playing again. Nice to see you know Cam out there having a good time. Nice to hear some uh, some former Auburn names get getting talked about, and then you know. Peyton Barber making plays. How many plays did he make, Jaws? Uh, he did score twice, but he averaged a healthy 1.7 yards per carry uh, during that. All right. Mm. Whatever. But how many times did he score? He scored twice. He did score twice. He scored twice. Jaws, where can people find you, bud? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Daltober. Pappas? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at ZBlack. Be show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn. On Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We are also on TikTok. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.